Welcome to Sermons from Bailey Road. You are about to hear a sermon given at Bailey Road Baptist Church. Bailey Road is a small Bible-believing church located in North Jackson, Ohio, and is pastored by Pastor Aaron Smith. We are dedicated to serving the Lord through our people and through our teaching. We hope you are enlightened by today's message, and again, welcome to Bailey Road Baptist Church. All right, Ecclesiastes chapter number 6 is where we'll get started this evening. Thank you so much. Ecclesiastes chapter number 6. All right, just a short chapter here in the book of Ecclesiastes. Solomon, the king, is writing. And he is all over the place concerning this thing of life. Trying to figure out what life is all about. And as he is going through his own life, he is in search of something. And Solomon, of course, has spent uh, most of his life uh, serving the Lord, uh, being in tune with the Lord. But as we know through Scripture, through the books of history, we know that Solomon's heart was turned away from God by the love of many women, as he had married multiple wives, really more wives than anyone had uh, ever married before, to the best that we can tell. And so Solomon had collected many things, had collected uh, fame, collected money, and he had attained much wealth, more wealth than anyone uh, had ever attained in all the world. The Bible says that Uh, He attained more wealth than anyone ever before him or after him. Uh, And so there's not anyone that's been more wealthy than Solomon. And in this uh, pursuit, if you will, the pursuit of life, Solomon found himself always coming up on empty. Always coming up on empty. Now I would dare say that most of this happened after Uh, The temple was built in Jerusalem. Of course, we find Solomon uh, in uh, the book of Chronicles and and 2 Kings building the temple. And uh, we see him coming to this this time as as he built God's house and he built his own house. And after that, with not much to do, uh, he was not a man of war. He was a man of peace. And my personal opinion in the life of Solomon in his pursuit of many women, was first, I believe, it was his pursuit of peace in why he pursued so many uh, different wives. Many of his wives were the daughters of other kings in the region uh, that he would take and marry and their daughters and uh, in hopes that there would be peace in Israel. And there was. Uh, There was not much war uh, during Solomon's day. Of course, uh, he learned from the mistakes of his father David. Uh, David, of course, not able to build the house of God because of his hands of war and the blood that would have been upon David's hands. As God told David, that is why he could not build the temple. And so Solomon, in his uh, wisdom, if you will, uh, said, I'm going to be a man of peace. And so he sought peace for his life. 
Uh, and yet in that peace that he sought amongst men and amongst women, he still came up on empty. And in his emptiness and in his pursuit of peace, not peace with men, but peace within himself, an inward peace and a peace with God, Solomon found himself constantly on empty. And that's really what the book of Ecclesiastes is about. It's about one man's pursuit of peace in his life. And everything that Solomon turned to and everything that Solomon pursued brought him to an empty place. And nothing that Solomon attempted and nothing that Solomon tried was ever enough to bring that lasting and hopeful peace. And we see that time and time and time again in these first five chapters and really once again in the sixth chapter. Now the sixth chapter again is just a short uh, 12 verses where Solomon's going to uh, give us some insight as to what is uh, taking place in the pursuit of his heart, in the pursuit of his life. And so with just 12 verses this evening from the book of Ecclesiastes, we'll take the time to read each one of them. And so I'll begin in verse number 1, and we'll read down through verse number 12. And so I'll read as you follow along tonight. The Bible says that there is an evil which I have seen under the sun, and it is common among men, a man to whom God hath given riches, wealth, and honor, so that he wanteth nothing for his soul of all that he desireth. Yet God giveth him not power to eat thereof, but a stranger eateth it. This is vanity. It is an evil disease. If a man begat a hundred children, and live many years, so that the days of his years be many, and his soul be not filled with good, and also that he have no burial, I say that an untimely birth is better than he. For he cometh in with vanity, departeth with darkness. His name shall be covered with darkness. Moreover, he hath not seen the sun, nor known anything that hath more rest than the other. Yea, though he live a thousand years twice told, yet hath seen no good. Not all go to one place. All the labor of man is for his mouth, and yet the appetite is not filled. For what hath the wise more than the fool? What hath the poor that knoweth to walk before the living? Better is the sight of the eyes than the wandering of the desire. This is also vanity and vexation of spirit, that which hath been is named already, and it is known that it is man. Neither may he contend with him that is mightier than he, seeing there be many things that increase vanity. What is man the better? For who knoweth what is good for man in this life? All the days of his vain life 
which he spendeth as a shadow. For who can tell a man what shall be after him under the sun? I want to speak on this subject tonight from Ecclesiastes chapter 6. When the good life is not enough. When the good life is not enough. Let's pray together, shall we? Our Heavenly Father, I thank Thee. God, I thank Thee for Your goodness. Father, I thank You that You have given to man the ability to put life in perspective. You've done it by giving us the pages of Your Holy Word done it by giving us the insight from your servant, such as Solomon. Record words such as we just read. God, I pray this evening that even in the good lives in which we have lived, Father, may we know that without your Son, Jesus Christ, as our personal Lord and Savior, it would never be enough. God, we know that Solomon found himself empty time and time again. God, I'm sure that there were times in his life that through the enjoyment and through the pleasures of life, he found just that, enjoyment and pleasure. They just weren't lasting. Father, there may be some in the room tonight or some that will hear the sound of my voice later. have given their life to the pursuit of joy and happiness. Only to come up empty time and time again. Father, may we not spend our days and years in pursuit of that which will bring us to an empty place, but Father, may we spend our days and our moments in pursuit of the truth of Your Word. That we might find a fulfillment, a peace that passeth all understanding, and keep our hearts and minds through You. Your Son, Jesus Christ. Father, help us in this. We might know You in a wonderful capacity. That all that we choose to do would be pleasing in Your sight. Help us in this. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Well, we find a very interesting introduction here in the first couple of verses of Ecclesiastes chapter 6 as Solomon begins by saying, There is an evil which I have seen under the sun, and it is common among men. Now, I want to remind you, Solomon uses throughout the book of Ecclesiastes several words that are extremely important to define. One of those words that he uses multiple times is the word evil. Now, when we 
use the word evil today, we use it in a different context than the way Solomon uses it here in the book of Ecclesiastes. When we use the term evil, it would be uh, synonymous with sinfulness, uh, with uh, that which would be despicable uh, and unsightly um, and somewhat even satanic or demonic. Uh, we would say that is evil. But when Solomon is saying here, there is an evil which I have seen under the sun, and it is common among men, he is using this particular word to describe that which is misfortunate. That which is misfortunate. That which causes distress or calamity or an impaired happiness. Uh, that which disrupts life, so to speak. And so a little bit different context than the way you and I would use it today. But as you see this here, and you read it in that light and in that manner, it makes a little bit more sense as he says, There is an evil which I have seen under the sun and is common among men. That is to say that it is common among men that distress happens. Distress is not uncommon to any of us, is it? We all have it. We've all been stressed before. We've all had calamity. We've all had misfortune in our lives. Misfortune and calamity and impaired happiness and a, a distress in our lives has come to each and every one of us. None of us are strangers to it. And Solomon starts off by saying in his study and in his observation of life, he says it's common among everyone. As he says in verse number 2, A man to whom God hath given riches, wealth, and honor, so that he wanteth nothing for his soul, of all that he desireth, yet God giveth him not power to eat thereof, but a stranger eateth it. This is vanity, and it is an evil disease. There's that word again, evil. He's basically saying it's an unfortunate disease. It's a distressful disease within this. The other word there in verse number 2 is that word vanity. We've seen it already multiple times. I want to remind you again, that word vanity is the same word that we use to say that which is empty. That which is empty, or an emptiness, or a want of desire, or uncertainty. What he's saying here is that as a man lives and God blesses that man with great riches, wealth, and honor... So that he wants nothing. Isn't it wonderful to be blessed by God? Solomon was a man that was blessed by God. There's not a doubt in our minds as we read through the account of Solomon's life. As Solomon approached, was approached by God in a vision. As he assumed the throne of Israel. Solomon was asked by God, what would you have me do for you? Anything you want, anything you ask. Solomon said, I desire wisdom. To be able to know 
and to judge and to discern between what is right and what is wrong. God said, I will grant that to you. And because you did not ask for fame, and because you did not ask for great riches, which you could have, and I would have granted, but because you did not, I will also grant you these things as well. So Solomon, of course, as we've already stated, became not only the wisest man that ever lived, but the richest. Fame was about him. So much so that they said the half has not been told about his kingdom. They said it's only been, the half has not been told. The stories that were told, the magnificentness of his kingdom, only half of it was known. I would surmise to say that in verse number 2, Solomon is describing himself as he says, a man to whom God hath given riches, wealth, and honor, so that he wanteth nothing for his soul. Of all that he desireth, yet God give him not power to eat thereof. But a stranger eateth it. This is vanity. And it is an evil disease. You see, Solomon had a good life. I would dare say that Solomon had one of the best lives that anyone ever lived. Think about it. Think about it. Solomon described to us in chapter 2 all that he could all that he had. All that he desired. If he saw it and he wanted it, he got it. Is that not the dream of every person? I want that. I want that, I'll get it. But how many things in life do we come up on that we say, oh, I want that, and we can't get it? Or we have to choose between getting what we want and getting what we need. Or even, even so, getting what we want, getting what we need, or getting what someone else needs. We have those choices. But you see, Solomon didn't have those choices. He just got it. It wasn't about a need for Solomon. It was all about wants. It was all about desires. And he got it. And yet, Solomon says and confesses in chapter 2 how he hated life. He hated life. The good life was simply not enough. And I submit to you tonight that the good life for you, aside from the Lord Jesus Christ, will never be enough. I submit to you, number one, about when the enjoyment ends. When the enjoyment ends... In verse number 3, the scripture says, If a man begat an hundred children and live many years so that the days of his years be many, and his soul be not filled with good, and also that he have no burial, 
I say that an untimely birth is better than he. For he cometh in with vanity and departeth in darkness, and his name shall be covered with darkness. Moreover, he hath not seen the sun, nor known anything. This hath more rest than the other. He says, if a man begat a hundred children. Now in this particular day and time, we know that men, of course, were measured in their wealth, not just by their possessions. Gold and silver has always been valuable. Homes, land, cattle, livestock, all of that measured a man's success. But nothing measured a man's success more than his ability to procreate, to have children, to make children. The more children a man had, the more wealthy he was considered. The good life. And here Solomon says, if a man has a hundred kids, lives many years, all the days of his years being many. But he says, and his soul be not filled with good. Soul. The second time in this chapter that Solomon addresses the soul of man. Back in verse number 2, he says that he wanteth nothing for his soul of all that he desireth. Verse 3, and his soul be not filled with good. It's important that we address this word soul to understand it is the excuse me the spiritual the rational as well as the immortal substance in man which is the distinguishing factor that separates him from all other living creatures no other living creature that God created did God grant and give a soul. Only man. And Solomon addresses that twice here. The enjoyment of his days. What good has he done, he says, if his soul be not filled with good? And also that he have no burial. You see, the enjoyment is going to end one day. Life itself is going to end one day. Solomon says that he said, I say that an untimely birth is better than he. An untimely birth, a birth that would be early, a birth that would be unwanted, a birth that would be undesired. He said it would be better than him that is rich and children, has not had a good life, that has not done good in his life. And he makes this comparison once again as he has in other chapters. He says, For he cometh in with vanity 
He comes in with uncertainty. He comes in with an emptiness. He departs in darkness. His name shall be covered with darkness. Covered in darkness. Not known. Moreover, he hath not seen the sun nor anything. This hath more rest than the other. You see, there's going to come a day when the enjoyment will end. For all of us. The enjoyment will end one day. And in verse number 6, I want you to see the second point. We're going to make sense of this here in just a moment. Hopefully. Because in verse number 6 through 8, Solomon's about to ask a series of questions. And he says, Yea, though he live a thousand years twice told, Yet he seen, hath seen no good. Do not all go to one place? Let me just answer that question for you. The answer is no. All do not go to one place. In verse 7 he says, All labor of a man is for his mouth. Yet the appetite is not filled. For what hath the wise more than the fool? What hath the poor that knoweth to walk before the living? I want you to note, not just when the enjoyment ends, but also when reality is questioned. When reality is questioned. Obviously, no one's going to live a thousand years yet alone 2,000. But if they did, if they did, hopefully they would see some good within that 2,000 years of time. But Solomon's still asking that question. Yea, though he lived a 1,000 years, twice told, yet hath seen no good, Doth not all go to one place. Now we would have to suppose what one place Solomon's talking about. We would have to wonder what one place. Is he talking about heaven? Or is he speaking of hell? I could not say with 100% certainty which one place Solomon would be referring to. But I know this, because there is a place called heaven and there is a place called hell. The answer to the question in verse number 6 is no, they don't all go to one place. Not everyone goes to heaven, folks. That's reality. That is reality that we know, and we have to answer that question with no. He says in verse number 7, all labor of man is for his mouth. 
He says, everything that we do, we do to eat and to feed ourselves, ultimately. That's reality. Because everybody has to eat to live, amen? Now, isn't it something that over time and through time, and I'm not exactly sure when and where this changed, but in our society today, we consume food simply to live, of course, but more for our own personal enjoyment, don't we? Because we say, I don't like that. I don't like that. I'm not going to eat that. I like it. I'll eat it. That's for pleasure. But here he's saying, we labor to eat. That's a reality. And yet the appetite is not filled. What he's saying here is, you will always hunger again. Eat today, you'll hunger tomorrow. Eat tomorrow, you'll hunger on Tuesday. You'll never be completely full. You'll never be full forever. Verse 8, he asked, For what hath the wise more than the fool? What hath the poor that knoweth to walk before the living? What does the wise have more than the fool. You know, reality is not much. If we're to compare, really, it's not much different. You see, the good life is on its own not enough. Because the enjoyment will end eventually, reality will be questioned. Will come up empty. In verse number nine, he says, Better is the sight of the eyes than the wandering of desire. The sight of the eyes. He says, I see it. I see it. I want it. But the wandering of desire, of just wondering what's out there. Wondering what's out there. But he says this also is vanity. Again, that emptiness, that want of desire, that uncertainty. But he says this also is vanity and vexation of spirit. Vexation is an irritation or a disturbing agitation. What disturbs you tonight? What disturbs your thoughts? These are some of the things that disturbed Solomon. Because the good life that he had was not enough. And sense could not be made because the enjoyment was coming to an end. He questioned the reality. And now, number three, no sense could be made of it. 
He said, it's also vanity and vexation of spirit. That which hath been is named already. And it is known that it is man. Neither may he contend with him that is mightier than he. He says, you're never going to win against him that's mightier. So I can't do that. Verse 11. Seeing there me many things that increase vanity. He says there's many things that increase emptiness. What is man the better? He says, is man any better off? What he's saying here is, does it make any sense... For who knoweth what is good for man in this life? All the days of his vain life, his empty life, if you will, which he spendeth as a shadow. For who can tell a man what shall be after him under the sun? Solomon's question about life is who can make sense of it? I submit to you tonight that Solomon was often confused. Oh, he had a good life. His good life was not enough. His money, his fame, his fortune was not enough. His wives, his family, his questions, his wisdom is not enough. Now as we continue through the book of Ecclesiastes, what we're going to find in Solomon's life is at the end of the day, what was enough for Solomon was God and God alone. as I look at man and observe man and even observe my own life and think about the emptiness. Think about what is lacking. Think about what is fulfilling. Think about what is vexation of spirit. What is vanity. What is evil. What is vexation? I think about what is fulfilling. It is the things of God. That fulfills one's life completely. I find that to be true. I believe you will as well, but you must pursue it. And again, as we continue through this book of Ecclesiastes, we'll find it. You'll look at verse 1 of chapter 7. Solomon says, A good name is better than precious ointment. And the day of death and the day of one's birth. See, through this pursuit, Solomon is learning. 
He is going to be able to teach us some things. And in his pursuit of what is empty, he's teaching us something. Things will not fulfill it, but only God. We'll have every head bowed, every eye closed.